This week, it's episode 263 of the Weekly Exchange, where we talk about Age of Wonders Planetfall, Endless Legend, Warhammer 40k Gladius, Astra Exodus, the new Steam user interface, and much more. So stay tuned. Welcome to the show. Hey, Nate. Glad to be back. Thanks to Troy for filling in for me. He did a great job. Yeah, that was it was it was good because it meant that you and I didn't have to do like a haphazard recording in the middle of the week. And at yeah. the same time, right? Like you remember how we used to have to do that all the time, <laughs> all the time. Yeah. And it would have ended up being that way just because of my week. So thank you, Troy. I think you kicked ass. You did great. So thank you very much for filling in. And hell, I mean, I feel like I'm still filling in for you, but you did a great job. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent. So yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot, Troy. Much appreciated. Can't wait to talk to you again. We got to do one of the double X shows again. Haven't done that in oof, half oh, yeah. a year, if not longer. We could get all three of us on the weekly exchange. That'd be fun. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah we got holidays coming up, so it's going to be kind of hectic. For yeah, the remainder for sure. of the year. Yeah, maybe after the new year. So anyway, we yeah. have a lot of yeah. news to talk about including something that's already happened by the time you've heard this, which is that Age of Wonders Planetfall Revelations has released, which is, mm-hmm. yeah, a rather quick expansion to Planetfall, considering Planetfall just came out back in August, right? Mm-hmm. August? Yeah, like end of August. Yeah, so... No, begin- or was it beginning of August? I feel like it was like August, August 9th. 9th. August 9th or August, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was early August. So yeah, just a few short months later... Actually, just three months later, we have its first expansion in the form of Revelations, which brings on a, a great deal of cool things that I really like. First and foremost, the thing I enjoy the most, and something you may have already read in my review, which is posted, that I really like the anomalous sites, which are like, uh, they're basically sites like uh, map fixtures where you go to explore things and you bring your heroes and it's like a little choose your own adventure and it fleshes out the lore of the game, but it also provides some really cool benefits. And sometimes you screw things up. You choose the wrong thing, and you end up having to fight a fight that's either really difficult or maybe even unwinnable. But other times you can make the right choice and uncover a really cool item or a cool mount that you wouldn't get anywhere else. And those are really cool. But there's a lot of things I want to talk about about that. So let's wait until the end where we talk okay. about games we're playing. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Let's see. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. And then next up is the Endless Legend came out with its Chinese update. So it localized the Chinese. And that was something you and Troy talked about. But you may not have mentioned the new NPC faction, which is the Magtay. I guess that's how you pronounce it. I'm going to go with Magtay. They clearly have what look like Oriental or Chinese sort of influences i don't know much about what they actually do inside the game i haven't i haven't fired it up again but no they have they have a very chinese aesthetic to them and they're pretty cool looking yeah they have uh they're a little bit on the nose with some of their skill sets and they they have a mechanic similar to the necrophages with the disease and i don't know what the implication is with that whether it's just 
you know, admitting the obvious about just large populations and having issues with that, or I don't know. I, I'm not, I can't even begin to speculate, but it's cool. It's free. And yeah, I think you're right. We kind of glossed over it. So I just wanted to throw it in there. Now, the next news item is for Warhammer 40k Gladius Relics of War. And this, so they just did an update to version 1.4.2, and it's pretty much just balance and bug fixes. And within, they have this little blurb, tiny little line where they're talking about, oh, we're very busy, and I'm quoting here, we're very busy working for the greater good of Gladius. So essentially, that is a confirmation that the Tau are the next DLC faction, which is what I had speculated when Gladius first came out as to the order of what the various factions will be, what the various DLCs will be. And so far, it looks like I'm right. Of course, somebody's probably going to look back and say, like, no, no, you said it was a different point. So either way, uh, I'm pretty excited. I think the Tau are a fun faction. Um, they're they're very squishy in melee, so they're going to be keeping their distance from the orcs and from the space marines. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with the necrons. They in the lore they don't fare well when dealing with them. So yeah, it should be interesting. And I'm I'm excited. I want to see what the art looks like. I can't wait to have giant mechs on the battlefield and not dreadnoughts and not. Yeah, Imperial Knights or anything of the sort. I mean, straight up mechs. The Tau look like a faction that is from uh, some kind of a Japanese anime. What's a good one that has a lot of mechs? Gundam, maybe, or something like that? Yeah, Gundam is the first one that comes to mind. Yeah, I'm actually watching a series right now. They just released something recently on Netflix. It's pretty good. So, anyways, that's it for Gladius. Stay tuned. We will have more coverage for that. Now, in other news we're leaving the terrestrials area and moving into space we have uh we've had an interesting conversation going in our distant worlds two thread on our steam forums and there's been a lot of back and forth speculating about distant worlds universe distant worlds two there's been a couple of comments from the development team that you know they're working on it they're going to have some news in the near future and then people are like speculating whether the near future means 2020 2021 2022 what's going to be different so for me personally some of my biggest issues with the game graphics like, oh, the ships are not pretty or that. You know, I've gotten over that. I've gotten over. But what I've never gotten over is just the user interface. And I've seen some overhauls that help. But the user interface is just really rough. At times, you know, you got to spend a lot of time to get to know it, to be able to find what you're looking for easily. And that's actually going, that's a discussion that will, Quite a few people have in the con in this conversation is specifically like they use the interface, how many hours they played before they got a handle on it. And I'm hoping that that is seriously tackled because we have a lot of smaller studios right now releasing games. And we're going to talk about a few of them a little later on. And their user interfaces are solid. And these are small studios. These are really like one man, two man, three man teams doing stuff like this. So with Distant Worlds, you know, they, they sold pretty well. It's got a big following. You know, it's got Matrix, Slytherin Matrix backing it. So there's no way for them to bypass having a not a serviceable, 
UI, but a good UI. Something because for a game like Distant Worlds, you you should not be struggling with that, you know? Yeah, for sure. And it seems very clear to me, based on some uh, recent posts by Eric Rutens, that curtains are going to be peeled back here very soon. Mm-hmm. And I he see. and I, yeah, and he and I have actually spoken via email, and he said that we're going to be in on their announcement details so we're going to know all about what's going to happen and once they are ready to start showing off and showcasing the game we are going to participate so mm-hmm. so is that going to be some videos from you i don't know what it is i have no idea what it means he has been pretty mum about what that means so i don't know if that is just that he's going to have some preview screenshots or if there's going to be some video or what i don't know so he says that he's working out the details and he'll get back to us soon but it's exciting to know that Explominate will be a part of that and that we will know something before the end of the year. That's definitely what he said. So Okay, well that's then that puts it at some kind of information in 2019. Exactly. So and even more so, it sounds to me, and I'm not trying to speculate too much, that mm-hmm. they were speculate weren't, away. Well, they weren't ready to show anything. They didn't want he's made it very clear in the past that he didn't want to show anything until they were closer to release. Mm-hmm. And I can't help but think that because they're ready to start showing something in late 2019 that we might be looking at a 2020 release date. Uh-huh. There you have it. Prediction from Rob, 2020, Distant Worlds 2. Yeah, I'm thinking late 2020, maybe like November 2020. So mm. I hope so. And I really do think that they're very well aware of the fact that their UI blew, <laughs> to, to put it yeah. nicely. And that, you know, it was... A, it yeah, was there's so, no so, nice way of putting it. There's yeah, no and, nice way. It's either good or not. Well, and it was a barrier to entry for most. You know, like it was just if if you if you weren't willing to put the time in to figure it out, you weren't going to play the game. And yeah, for me, the only reason that I did is because I watched Dastastic, which was mm-hmm. like Das two four nine seven eight or whatever he was before two four six eight ten. Yeah, something like that. And or zero two four six eight, I think it was or something. Like that. Yeah, whoever he was before Dastastic and or Tactics or whatever Dastactics. He uh, he's the only one that really got me into it because I watched a few of his videos and I was like, wow, this is actually starting to make sense. And then I picked it up and yeah, it ended up being one of my favorite. I mean, granted, it is not a very pretty game, but he did make some some mods that made it look a lot better. And then there were graphics mods for the ship models and graphics mods for the aliens and mm-hmm. all sorts of things that just made it a lot a lot prettier to look at. But yeah, Distant Worlds too. Sometime we're gonna get more information sometime this year and then. I'm guessing next year for release. Okay. Sounds good. So I'm excited about that. And then we have what by the time you've heard this, we've already had a an exclusive preview of Astro Exodus, mm-hmm. which not only incorporated a nice little written preview, but some more videos from me. And also what we weren't able to say until now, and you've already heard this now, hopefully, that we are able to invite up to one hundred people into the Astro Exodus beta. So They've given us exclusive spots to invite people and hopefully you guys take advantage of that because it's a pretty cool and big deal for us and for you guys. But And you can, for them too. Yeah, for sure. But you can join in the Astro Exodus beta and check it out and see what it's like and then maybe provide some feedback as to what you do and don't like. But mm-hmm. it's shaping up to be something pretty, pretty solid, pretty special. So join, play. Absolutely. All right, well. Let's talk about Stellaris. So this week in Dev Diary number 160, it's called Origins Full Reveal, and they focus on 
Origins. Basically, this is part of, uh, I believe Origins is the of part of the free features or the free content that's coming along with Federations or most of the Origins and a few of them will be locked behind the paywall because they're part of Federations. So, yeah, just essentially, to clarify, right? they, the, the, yeah, the, like there are some Origins that will be free and then each of the expansions appears to have had some of the Origins paywalled behind them. So like, if well, you have that's, a... I was going to go over that. I was okay. going to talk. Okay. okay. My bad. You, you my beat bad. me to my it. My bad. My you, bad. It's okay. It's okay. You beat me to it. So anyways, what are origins? Well, here's the thing. When you're playing Stellaris, or I won't say you, I'll say me specifically. When I play Stellaris or any game of that type, Thea 2 comes to mind, or even XCOM where I get to write like a narrative. I get to write... No, I mean, this is any space game. You can do that. Or whenever you make a custom faction, you write a little blurb what they're about, and you're almost like either role-playing it in your head or playing through it as you're going through the game, you know? So here, they've taken it a step further, and they're linking the origins to your... So essentially, you kind of already have that when you're setting up your species, in a sense, but now it's more official, and now there's consequences to it i guess would be the right word so for example let me grab um let me find one that looks interesting uh, you know what? i'll just grab the first one so uh let's say your uh, your origin is a prosperous unification so prior to this release it didn't really mean anything you could fine-tune the beginnings of your species and get a couple of bonuses here and there but if you're doing it with the new content then it will automatically start you with four additional pops and two additional districts. So you automatically already have it. You don't have to spend time fine-tuning things. If you want to play as a prosperous unification, there you go. Now, let's say you had uh, Utopia. You bought Utopia. That that was what? Like the second DLC? Yeah, second. Yeah, second sounds right. Second. I think it was the second major one. So if you bought with so Utopia added like robot races and things like that. So they had stuff. So there's two for Utopia Mechanist, which is you start with eight pops being robots and the ability to build more. Normally you don't have that. You actually have to research that within game before you can get to that point. Or if you had syncretic evolution, you start with 12 pops over different species. And syncretic evolution is when you have two different major species coming up together. So you have, you know. It would be, if on Earth it was something like that, it could be like humans and some some other species or like Neanderthals and, you know, Homo sapiens coming up at the same time. And Well, anyways, you get the idea. So each, each of the DLC gives you a couple of different ones. So maybe it's kind of an incentive to get people to, ref, you know, fill out their back catalog, which... Uh, Okay, I, I understand. I see it. I, I appreciate it. But at the same time, it's you know, it gives Stellaris more flavor and I think it gives it a little bit more direction because as it stands right now, you have some species packs, you have some you know built-in adventures, but the game is feels a little listless. This might help address that a little bit. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, I'd need somebody who's uh you know an avid Stellaris player to chime in and say otherwise if I'm right or if I'm wrong or if I'm I have no idea what I'm talking about. But at least this is what it looks like to me. What about yeah. you? What do you think? I, 
Admittedly, Solaris is a game that I go to after every expansion and then bounce off of after like ten hours. So oh, I'm not man. I'm not really the Stellaris expert I should be. And you know, I, I can't help but think, and this is something I mentioned before in another episode, but I can't help but wish that this would be an opportunity for Stellaris to add really cool, very distinct and unique victory conditions that are tied to these origins. I just, I really wish, like, you know, there, there's that cool, I think there's one of them that's like the uh, the exploding planet challenge or something oh, like that. Oh, are you talking about if you are uh, a species that's basically faceborn and, you know, you, you, got, you got your habitat over your destroyed planet or something like that, that's towards the bottom of the list? No, there's, yeah, there's one that's like, it's like literally called an apocalyptic planet or something and you have 64 mm-hmm. years to get off of it before it explodes. And so they were saying like, you know, that that would be a cool challenge to have. And then I was just thinking, no, like what it should be is that each of these origins should have a tied tied victory condition. So let's say you are you take the origin of being cyborgs or whatever, mm-hmm. and your victory condition ends up being that you have to mecha- mechanize like three quarters of the galaxy, and that's your oh, victory. So you're condition. the Borg. Got it. You have to assimilate. Exactly. Or maybe if you're let's say I'm trying to think of one of the other origins, but let's, yeah, let's use that one, the exploding planet one, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have to, like, what happens if that origin actually ends up being that you, your, each of your planets, every time you colonize them, has 64 years before they explode. And your win condition ends up being finding the technology that helps you stop that process. Or maybe somebody's sabotaging you. Exactly. Or you find something like that, something like this. And it doesn't, I mean, of course, the, all this could be just a bunch of options. I know a lot of people are like, no, don't take away my sandbox, which is totally fine. I get it. But I need victory conditions. And it's part of the reason why I bounce off of it so hard. Well, because I'll you play. need scenarios is what you're saying, because what you're describing are scenarios. Well, yeah, I just I just need something t- for me, like, which is what your Europa Universalis 4 had. And it's what HOI or sorry, heroes or not heroes, Lord. Hearts of Iron? Thank you. Good God. I was like, what is that? Hearts of Iron 4. Each of those games have little missions, like, mm-hmm. you know, that, that you're, they kind of keep you focused and give you a direction as to where you should go with your game. And I, I need that from Stellaris. I know that most people are like, no, that's what's great about Stellaris. But I think that there are a subset of players that are like me that feel aimless in Stellaris and would need. Or could just use like that option. Like give me give me a couple rules or a couple victory condition milestones that I need to accomplish so that I can win the game and then move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Do it. Make it happen. I really I think this is a perfect opportunity though. So like they're laying the foundation for something that I really think could help them get to that point. And again, it could be completely optional for everybody, and that's fine with me. But give me victory conditions or give me death. Okay. Well, when you put it like that. I think um, I think you should tell us about Stars and Shadow. <laughs> so Stars and Shadow uh, just came out with, like this crazy Shadow update, right? The on a Saturday mm-hmm. night at like five p.m. and mm-hmm. it is really it's just a bunch of fixes and quality of life things. Like right now, you can pan around the map while the AI is taking its turn, mm-hmm. which is you know I guess cool. But a lot of the other stuff no, is no, it is cool. It is cool. No, yeah, you get I, to I mean, do stuff. You get to do stuff, right? Yeah, because sometimes those AI turns can take a few minutes. Well, maybe not even a few minutes, but like you know, ten, twenty seconds. But you know, for the most part, the the 
update there is a balance update, some quality of life things, some fixes and stuff like that. But it's just weird to see it on a, late on a Saturday night. But it's very clear if you go to their forums that they are gearing up and probably working really hard on their next expansion, which you know sounds like it's really really focused on terraforming and a new race. So I'm excited for that. <laughs> yes. And uh, you really enjoyed the game and a bunch of other Exploronade staffers enjoyed the game. So they definitely hit more than a few right notes for Stars and Shadow to be a good game, you know? Yeah. I think when we did the game of the year, it definitely got one or two votes even for that. Well, and what's even more exciting for me is that it sounds like the two developers are really just committed to doing this for a while because as they say and as they see it, like it's not really anything that they expected to be rich off of, but they really just believe mm -hmm. in the game and want to see a certain level of content in there. And, you know, I, I know that this DLC, this next one that's coming up, isn't even the last DLC they have planned. So... Excellent. Um, the I'm previous excited. one was good. Yeah, the previous one was great. I thought the the new Tinkers faction was, you know, you know how I like asymmetry. It was asymmetric and mm -hmm. fun and unique to play. And I, I really, I genuinely, I appreciate the graphic style. And I think it's something that I could always go back to. So, long live Stars and Shadow. Long live Stars and Shadow. Okay, well that pulls us away from the Forex gaming space. And uh, this week I want to throw Whoa. a shout out. To, to Starpoint Gemini 3. It's still in early access. The developers are actively working on it, and they just put out uh, update number two that's off of their roadmap. And um, it's it's pretty substantial. They, they're they adding a crafting system in there for uh, additional customization. They uh, added a radiation mechanic, which makes perfect sense because in space, that's probably going to be one of our biggest problems hurdles and there's more to that you you know if you're playing the game you'll see it if you're not playing the game you should check it out because the second game starpoint gemini 2 and starpoint gemini warlords fantastic games and then uh, they did a whole bunch of ai work which is great and then they did a lot of rebalancing and then they did overhauling, especially on the flight mechanics. And then they made all kinds of changes, lots and lots of changes. Many of these are based on community feedback. And something I noticed when I was preparing the notes is that the ratings were not high. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. I mean, why? That This game is really good. And then I read some of the things that people said. And I'm like... Okay, I, I can understand. And then looking at this update, I'm like, well, the developers were definitely paying attention to the feedback and they're addressing what the uh, be the beta, the early access players are commenting on. And that's, you know, bravo on them. Good, good job on them, you know. Very important when the developers, especially during early access, listen to their community because the whole point of early access is to get feedback from the hardcore players you know like just people that just walk off the you know proverbially walk off the street are not going to do early access unless it's a title they know and they want right right and i was actually kind of surprised to see that they're no longer being published by iceberg because i was going to say that i might reach out to them and see about maybe getting a hand on that and i don't know those kind of games really get i get into those games i really like the like space rpg adventure games and I enjoyed mm -hmm. Star yeah, like, Gem uh -huh. Gemini too. And so, wait, they're not being published for Iceberg? No, they're self-published. I just saw that. I did not notice that. 
Yeah, so I don't know. Oh, I, okay. That's am, yeah, Iceberg has been doing some this kind of takes us off the topic because we get updates. I get I get updates from them. I subscribe to a lot of their stuff. And they've been doing like a whole bunch of games that I'm just like, oh, okay, there's a, a whole lot of first person stuff in there, and I'm just not a first person player. Yeah, they've and kind like of a lot of horror stuff and things like that. And I'm just like, okay. They've definitely expanded their repertoire, and I think that they've also kind of culled things that didn't work too well. So, like if there were, and maybe Starpoint Gemini Two is one of, or Starpoint Gemini in period was one of those that just didn't do very well for them. But they've definitely cut off some of the the baggage. <laughs> I don't want to say it like too meanly, but, but, but Starpoint Gemini did well. Did it? So I don't. Maybe yeah. maybe they just decided that this is going to be their chance to publish themselves. And I will say that. I'll see if I can get away with saying this. Yes, I can. Uh, That come tomorrow, Mm -hmm. Iceberg has an announcement of a game that they are publishing that is near and dear to my heart, and I'm very excited for it. Uh, Hmm. Okay, I'm curious. I'll tell you offline, but... Ooh, okay. And yeah, (laughs) I've been NDA'd, I see. Yeah, you'll you'll know very soon, but the rest of you guys will know tomorrow on Thursday. So stay tuned for that. It'll be a cool announcement, and you'll know exactly why I care about it when you see it. Okay. All right. Well, that's it for the main stuff. So let's talk about the what is game of this week, and that is Command Modern Operations. Now, this is a game that's being developed by War. Fair Sims and published by Slytherin. And this is a war game. This is, ooh, okay. So in the past, probably maybe two, possibly three different occasions, Troy and I talked about some games that Slytherin is putting out that are so technically complex that you have government agencies using these games to train actual military personnel well this is one of those games and the uk has a i believe it's the uk they have a uh, program where they're where slytherin provides them with this software and they basically use it to train their various soldiers you know command staff and whatnot that's how much detail is in this game and I'm just like looking at it and I swear to God, this looks like, like I'm watching some kind of Tom Clancy, but not, not the first person or third person shooters, but like watching like a movie based on his books. And if you look at the comments, it's pretty like, it's pretty up there. So some of the people that don't like it is that, Oh, this game is too hard or it's crashing. Okay. Well, you know what games, this complex will have issues and I'm not excusing them whatsoever but as far as the game itself and like what it presents it's just like i i'm i'm not embarrassed to admit it that it's overwhelming to me it's like this is you know sometimes there's games that just have too much detail well this game falls into that category for me but i know quite a few war gamers that are playing it and they do like it and um yeah, this is, I, sw- I swear, like, look at this, and it looks like something you're watching on the news. Okay, we have an attack going on in this, and here are the military forces that are moving in. I'm just like, ooh, that's interesting. <laughs> that's how I feel, too. It's very realistic looking, and it looks like it'd be something really fun for somebody who wanted to, like, play out <laughs> hypothetical scenarios and hypo- hypothetical wars. But Or 
play out alternative versions of real scenarios to see if they could come up with something else. So it's kind of like playing a Civ game, only, you know, your leader is 6,000 years old. Yeah. Which exactly. is what happens in those types of games. You're, you know, you're playing with, you know, representations of actual units and, you know, oh, man. Yes. All right. Well, I think I want to talk about a couple of things for topics. I have two things in mind. So let's let's launch into it real quick. YouTube. So this past week we got notices from YouTube about changes that have to go into effect because of a law that was passed that is supposed like I've been seeing a bunch of YouTubers that I follow talking about it. And I mean, I don't let my kids watch YouTube, very limited access to YouTube. And when it is, it's highly supervised, like at home, we definitely have it all locked down because YouTube is toxic and the recommendations, you can go into like some crazy rabbit holes from like the most innocent things. And the, and YouTube knows this or Google knows this or Alphabet or whatever they're called. And they're trying to handle it by demonetizing everybody, randomly kicking people off because they can. So that's a problem. And also forcing them to comply with these laws. So you have to state whether you're soft, whether you're, footage is child friendly and if it isn't but you said it is then you get into all kinds of trouble and if it if it is child friendly but it isn't then you might also get into trouble anyways because you didn't want them so i don't know man what do you think of that i think it's a good thing because i do let my kids watch some youtube i mean it's it's always monitored because i first of all it started off by just knowing that there's crazy stuff on youtube but then you hear some horror stories about people trying to you know, manipulate videos into making it look like they're kids' videos and then, you know, scaring kids half to death halfway through. So yep. I, I've, I've always monitored it. I've always watched them. They're usually just into Pokemon and stuff like that, so they watch Pokemon videos. But Oh, Pokemon is evil, dude. <laughs> Pokemon <laughs> is evil. I'm beginning to learn that. It's all we talk about now. But, yeah, no, and I, I do think that these rules are headed in the right direction. Of course, I'd, I, I'm glad that they're doing stuff like that. I don't think it, I know it won't affect our channel whatsoever because we're not geared towards children, but I do appreciate that if there is some sort of violation of these rules that they're going to be really strict about, you know, the, the punishment. So that makes mm -hmm. me feel a little safer as an adult, as an, as a, as a, as a parent, not as an yeah. adult, as a parent of young children, well, both. I mean, I just, I'm happy to know that other kids won't be, you know, messed with and certainly mine, of course. So. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a great it's a great stride for YouTube, and I think that they're heading in the right direction. But again, it's not going to affect Xmominate. Dude, it's Google. They'll mess it up. Don't worry. <laughs> That's true. They'll Very find true. a way. <laughs> so true. Okay, now, that was brief. The second one might be equally brief, but to me, it's pretty important. And it occurred to me as we were, you know, getting ready to start uh, recording this, it occurred to me because we kind of started talking a little bit. So I was like, yeah, let's talk about it as a topic. So the second topic is the new Steam user interface. So this was done, I think, what, two weeks ago? They made the change where they changed it to look a little bit like uh, apps in an iOS or, you know, Google Play Store or something like that and, like, clean it up and do recommendations and things like that. And a lot, I, I heard a lot of negativity and personally – all my games are sorted, and when this kicked in, it didn't mess with the way I sort things. 
you know, and you have a lot of control over what you see. So there's no, within my library, I'm not getting promoted stuff that I don't want. So it's not like there are commercials in there, but what it does do is it lets me know, for example, any game that I have, it'll tell me, oh, by the way, a new update just came up for this game. So normally when I'm looking for this stuff, either I have to click on the game and go to the community or to the news, or I have to look on my Steam wall, but it's not readily available. And now it's right there. Now, if I don't want to see it, I can just minus it and then shrinks it in just a little tab and it's not there, you know? But if I do want to see it, if or maybe my friends are playing something, or maybe my friends, my Steam friends just posted a couple of reviews or impressions or uh, screenshots of from their games, because I've been doing that, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. So, you know, I like having it there. And that's, by the way, by the way, that's how I found out that Stars and Shadow got this stealth update because just as I was wrapping up my game and I was kind of scrolling through it to see if anything, I'm like, boom, there it is. This game you own, Stars and Shadow. You like this game. Did you know? Here's an update. Right next to it is, boom, this game you own that you like this game. Gladius, guess what? That got an update too. So it's like, yeah, you know, I like that. That's... That's the kind of fine tuning that I want versus what I've had before, where it's like, you know, the game recommendations off the Steam store are just insane. And speaking of that, have you noticed now when you start to put games on ignore and there's a list of genres and if you know, like, I don't want this type of game, that type of game. Have you noticed that actually now it's a lot more responsive? I'm not finding first-person shooters. I almost have no MMO recommendations and no, you know, pixel art or whatever. You know, have you noticed that? Yeah, finally, for the first time ever, I didn't get like 14 anime games. I was like, oh, cool. I, I and it wasn't even until after I went through it that I was like, oh, cool. I didn't see a single anime game. So it's it's starting to figure me out, which is cool. So all right. So what? So yeah. So tell me, what do you think? What are your thoughts about? Because I know a lot of people. In the- very angry about it but i love it personally it's first of all a lot of people don't understand how customizable it is that like if you go to your library you can add what are called like shelves i believe and you can change the shelves based on like your categories and stuff like that and what i really really like is the top shelf the thing that it's at least it was the initial setting for mine and it stayed Mm -hmm. that way because i'm not moving it but the top one shows me the updates that have come to my game like you were talking about yep. and I can click on those and then quickly find out what's in them. Like the patch notes will give, will be, you know, linked yep. to that. And yep. I love that. I love seeing that. And it's easy for me to figure out what, what my games are doing. And, you know, it's also easy for me when it comes time to do the new stuff. Cause I'm just like, all right, which games do I have that are being updated? <laughs> our <laughs> and, secret is out. People will yeah. know our secret. I know we won't have a job anymore, but no, it's, it's really cool because I, I like just recently I had noticed that, a, a like a small update come to, came up to one of my games and I was like oh what the heck but I just went to my library and immediately saw it in my my top bar and I was like oh cool and I clicked on it and saw what was up and I was like wow that's so cool I don't have to go through like 14 steps now I just literally go to my library click the little icon there and find out what's yeah. going on yeah yeah no I mean I'm a, I'm a huge proponent I like it a lot I some people are reticent to change and that's fine and that's not all of it I know that some people have legitimate complaints about it because they had the you know the way they did things with the other one Yep. But for me, the new UI is fantastic, and I like yeah, it. Yeah, me too. I don't mind that it's a tile system because yeah. it's a tile system that I like. And, yeah, and at the same the tiles, time... The tiles are really pretty. I, I mean, like the, the, A lot of the 
the graphics and you know like the titles mm-hmm. and stuff like that they look super good so it's clear that they, they've, they've gone to these developers ahead of time and said hey like we're gonna do this like you know almost like book like graphic for mm-hmm. your game mm-hmm. give us something you want and we'll put it on there and i yep. mean i'm looking through my library right now and all most of them the vast majority of them have a very nice looking like book cover and i like yep. that Yep, and it's it's front and center, but here's the thing. For me, I have all my games. Every single game in my library is sorted into a particular category, and all of that is on the left-hand side. And it's, it's like each category is a line, and if I want to open it up, I click on it, and it opens up the column with everything, and when I click on it, then that shelf gets put front and center. And, you know, I like it because you if you have... 30 games in your library. That's already a lot of games. Most people will never play it. They have it. I'm certainly guilty of that, but they'll never play it. But even 30 games is a lot. What if you have 150 games? That's even more. What if you have 400 games? That's even more than that. What if you have 1,000 games? How do you keep track of all that stuff? Games just disappear. On the one hand, here's the thing. Steam is a marketplace, right? Valve is selling games through their Steam marketplace. But... If you're selling a product that people just buy and don't use, at some point, they just stop buying stuff. You know, when you sell, when you're a salesman, you want to have return business. And to have return business, they have to try your product and they have to like it. So this is a way to get people maybe to play some of their games that they've bought that they even forgot that they have. Oh, look, wow, this is pretty. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I bought that. I never played it. Maybe I'll try it out now because then you see the value of what you already have and you, you feel invested. You know, if you're just buying games and you buy 50 games and you only play one, then, yeah, sure, they made the money that one time, but they'll never see a penny from you again. And yeah. I think this sort of addresses it. But that aside, I personally like the new user interface. I like the things that Valve is doing, and it makes me wonder how much of this is being done because of the Epic Store, because there's a real competition for them. And again, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Personally, my issue with the Epic Store has nothing to do with the store itself. It has to do with how the company does business. I choose not to do business with them, but I have no problem with them existing, and they are welcome to do whatever they want to do. And, you know, that's that. So does having a direct competitor that is big, you know, the Epic Store, they're not, you know, three people doing this. This is a giant company. This is a rich company who is like, Steam, we want some of your cake. Give it to us. And Valve's like, nope. So they're like, all right, well, let's see what we can do about that. And that is for, I have a feeling that that's forcing innovation. Now, the next thing I want to see is I want to see what these um, Black Friday and winter sales look like because the last couple of sales, Valve has really been trying different things. So I'm curious to see if we're going to get back to something a little bit better because last year, do you remember, was it the summer with the with the Corgi and the Bunny and the turtle racing and stuff like that? And that was just weird. So, it was weird. Yeah. I. I wasn't a big fan of that. I still think I won something from that, but I don't know what. Yeah, it was. me too. Team Corgi all the way. <laughs> yeah, I believe I was Team Corgi as well. So, well, there you go. So, yeah. all right. Well, uh, what have you been playing this week? Well, so the vast majority of my playtime did involve Age of Wonders: Planetfall Revelations because I wanted to mm-hmm. make sure that I was up to date on the very latest and was mm-hmm. able to write a review that reflected that. 
but my time with it has been pretty happy, like fun. I've had a lot of good times with it. I think that it's a great expansion. My one concern from the review was the price point. And I think that's going to be something that people individually will have to figure out whether or not it's worth it to them. And mm-hmm. the the reasons I laid out were that, you know, it depends on if you like the game to begin with. If you thought the Age of Wonders Planetfall was a game that you liked and just wanted to see more content for, then I don't think $20 is a big deal. You know, you just skip a meal out or something. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. At the time of this recording, we erroneously believed that Age of Wonders Planet Fall Revelations was $20. It is only $15, so we apologize for every reference that we make about it being $20. Please stand by for further details. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program. For those that were already on the fence or maybe even didn't like it, I, I, I say in my review that I'm just not, I'm not convinced that this is going to be the one. So, yeah, yeah. That, that was always a concern. That's always a concern for DLC. Like, what is being charged and what are you getting for it? And I know that there's going to be a lot of people out there. Not is. There are going to be. there. I already see it. They're going to be defending, saying, ah, oh, you know, it's like this and it's like that. Everybody's got to eat. Everybody's got to do this. But, you know, in this day and age where there's so much competition out there, I don't think $20 is a competitive price for this because for the same amount of money, you can buy a new game. And there are excellent games out there for that money. So I, I don't know. I bet you that's going to be probably one of the biggest things for this. Like the negative reviews are going to be, this is too expensive. It's not worth it. Nobody's going to be saying, well, you know, the content is great. It really adds a lot to the game. They're going to all be focused on the price. Could it have been $15? I think it would sell more at 15 probably even more 10 to 15 but you know people are probably going to end up waiting for the sales i will say and this is a, the the devil's advocate position that i took is that art assets are very expensive and they take a lot of time and there are yes. a great deal of art assets in this one so yes i mean there's with the new npc faction there's a lot of new enemies and then with the new hair tour secret tech all the new all the factions all get you know, unique units for them yep. with that. Hum, is it what? It's like, how many unique units is it? Uh, three or four. I three or four. That. Yeah, yeah. No, again, I I understand, and I I've seen it too. So, I've messed with it, and I know what you're talking about. But that doesn't change anything. When we're talking about it here on the show, we can talk about it as vips or beta testers or fanboys we kind of have to distance ourselves a little bit at times and look at it from the other side because we we're gamers first and foremost you know whether explominate exists or not you are a gamer i'm a gamer our listeners are gamers and as a gamer when i'm looking at something and i see a price even yeah right 20 bucks how how much is 20 bucks right not a big deal skip them skip it's not even a meal but it's like go get a burger some fries a drink or pizza or whatever and there's your 20 bucks but here's the thing we are here there are a lot of people that aren't in the u.s or a lot of people aren't don't have a lot of disposable income and 20 bucks makes a difference and think about it 20 bucks here 20 bucks there five bucks here 13 bucks there before long it ends up to a couple of hundred bucks a month and that really can make a huge difference it certainly did for me when i was much younger when i was in school when i was just getting started out i was looking to save every penny i could and 
I, I didn't have a lot of this or a lot of that. So there are quite a few gamers today. That's why people turn to piracy, you know, and they're like, well, you know, I don't know if I want to spend the money. I'm demoing the game. Right. Okay. I guess. Yeah. What, what can you say to that? I wouldn't do it. I never did it then. I wouldn't do it now. But even though for me, 20 bucks isn't a big deal, doesn't matter. I, if, if I don't feel it's worth it, I won't spend it, be it this, that, or something else. And this is going to be the biggest thing. This is because they're part of Paradox now. Every single piece of content they're going to release, they're going to be like, oh, they're going to have 450 DLCs in the next six years. They're going to charge us for every little thing. And it's not fair because, you know, Triumph really put a lot of work into Planetfall. And it's a fantastic game. And it's a can it's it's one of the main candidates for Game of the Year for Exprominate. And I know that we'll, we'll have to see how the voting goes. But there's definitely going to be, if it's close, it'll be a contentious vote for Game of the Year. But yeah, it's... It's fantastic, and I'm curious. I'm very curious to see how the community reacts. I mean, I can already tell who's going to say what, but I want to be proven, not proven wrong, but I want to be wrong in that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's definitely my solid vote, but there's, I, mean, I just feel like there isn't much competition this year, other than Theo 2, so I know that your vote's probably there, so we'll, yeah. we'll have well, to... Uh, I'll talk about that shortly. Put everybody in a room and just fight it out. Verbally. And, and nicely. <laughs> what about you, man? What have you been playing? Wait, so is that the only thing you played this past week? Oh, yep. No, it's I played uh, almost 20 hours of it. So, yeah, it was okay. all I played. And I lost two campaigns, which were pretty frustrating. But then I won with the Devar. And, uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun. That's, you know what? I'll tell you what my biggest issue, my biggest issue with the game is. I'm not, I'm not feeling any of the factions. I, I am only because I think I mean, not all of them. I still think two of them are pretty, you know, boring as hell. But the Devar. Well, let me guess. Probably... You're gonna say the Star Union are boring, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, you don't know much about them. But the the thing, the the two that really appeal to me, the Kirko and the Amazons, I think are pretty unique and fun. And the dinosaur units for the Amazon are freaking awesome. Mm -hmm. And the Kirko themselves, you know, they they're not super unique, but they're unique enough that I have fun with them. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't feel a particular affinity for any of them. However, I would say that at least they aren't like, you know, like space humans all over the place. I mean, the assembly oh, right, right. That's true. are, you know, they, they each have like a, a unique take on things and a unique outlook. And they could have just done what, you know, Beyond Earth did and just made them all a bunch of United Nations mm -hmm. split off and all that crap and been a lot less fun. But yeah, I'd agree. I think that's something that they need to work on to flesh out the asymmetry and yep. make things a little bit more distinct. I think they're trying to do that, and I have a feeling the next, once the, the next DLC or the following one, whenever they release the major faction, is going to be. Now, I hope, I hope they do what they did with Age of Wonders and they release two factions. But here's, I don't know how they're going to do because when they did that, that was awesome. And my favorite faction, Age of Wonders 3, came in the last release too. So we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, like for me, I like the Amazons and I like the Star Union. But the only reason I like the Star Union is because I was playing uh, with my kids this whole summer and we were doing all these Lego adventures. And I basically did like an Age of, Wonder, Age of Wonders campaign throughout the summer. And I was buying all these Lego space sets that like seven years out, the Galaxy Quest sets, which were really, really cool. And it looks just like the Star Union. So... I mean, you remember I sent you some pics of what it looks like. That that stuff's pretty cool. So that's why I like them. But yeah, like they're not exciting. The Amazons are kind of interesting, but still 
pretty human. Nothing really just says, you know, hey, I'm different. So that's for me. That's like one of the biggest things is the fact that they're kind of similar. But okay. All right. Um, let me tell you what I've been playing this week. So this week I played three games. I've been playing Humankind because I've been collecting my thoughts and I want to give some feedback to Amplitude as a VIP. So I've been doing that. Can't really talk about it. So <laughs> I've been playing Thea 2 and uh, their timed event has ended. That was a fun event. They put some nice work into it and it's going to be very similar to what Amplitude does with Endless Day where there's going to be a period each year where the event comes back and you're going to be able to play through it if you want to. Though. I believe that there's going to be a mod coming out from the community which will either permanently turn it on or have it happen during a particular time in the game. Or you just turn the clock on your computer, the internal clock, and then you can play it as as much or as often as you want. Because that's the same thing that you ended up having to do with the Endless game, with Endless Legend, Endless Space 2 and whatnot, Dungeon of the Endless. You could adjust it that way. So, yeah, playing Thea 2. And then... I've been playing a lot of XCOM. Awesome. And I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, if, if you, you know, if you're a friend of mine on Steam, you'll see me posting the screen grabs and like little blurbs about what happened. And oh my God, I'm in this current campaign. I'm having so much fun. It's just, yeah, it's, it's an awesome game. I'm very excited for XCOM 3. Like we were kind of laughing about it last week and you know oh it's just this posting so but yeah i i hope they are working on it because i'm i loved enemy unknown slash enemy within which is the reboot xcom 2012 was it 2012 yeah i think it was 12 no was it yes. yeah it was yeah seven years now and then when XCOM 2 remember when we went to fraxicon where i was trying to pump them for information over there and they're like no no we're not like, yes, you are. You don't know it yet, but you're going to talk about XCOM. So, yeah. So, oh, man, so much fun. Definitely uh, check out some of the screenshots. I have some fun screenshots. But, yeah. Uh, and mostly, that's it. Just those three. And that's that's saying a lot. And in about a week starts my crunch time for the next month. So, that's why I'm trying to get as much XCOM in as I can right now because I have a feeling after Thanksgiving I won't be playing much until after New Year's for about a month there, five weeks or so. And that's yes. it. Speaking of that, speaking of XCOM, I I did put my feelers out to that game that shall be oh not not mm -hmm. mentioned. Mm -hmm. Oh, they they published it. it's coming next month, I think, isn't it? It is, and I was hoping to get a review build, but I haven't heard anything back. Unsurprisingly, mm -hmm. but that's fine. Well, hopefully we'll get something and I can tell you whether Weren't or not. Weren't you a moderator for their Reddit or something like that? Or their Discord channel or something like that? I am still a moderator for their subreddit, but I do not get involved anymore because it's so vitriolic. Mm. So I just, I just sort of let the place burn down. It's fun. They expected <laughs> me to like do something and I was just like, I can't. It was, just, it was so time consuming, man. Like... There were just so many unhappy people, and I just I could not. I I mean, like I'm one of them. Emotionally, but I never went there to start job. Yeah. I saved it for Twitter. I got blocked on Twitter. Emotionally, it was so draining, and not even because I was all invested, but just because it was like every day I'd log in, and there'd be some moderator message to us about you know like f you, and we're like, hey, we're not even snapshot employees, and they're like, I don't care, you're involved, so, so for you, and we're just like, oh my god, all right, you know what, I'm done. 
<laughs> I'll be a moderator, but I'm just going to mute this whole subreddit, and that's what I did. Okay. Well, I'm not excited at all. Yeah. We'll have to see if it's worth all this hype, but I have a feeling it's not. Anyway, thanks to you all, everybody, mm-hmm. every single one of you, for what you guys do and your support. Everything that you do for us matters so much. It's the only reason that I keep doing all of it. Honestly, there's been some days when I'm like, man, like that that Chris Park interview was lengthy. It was like an hour and 20 something minutes. And mm-hmm. I honestly was like, wow, I don't know if I can edit this whole thing. But the fact that you guys are big supporters and, you know, are just super awesome to talk to and be around and shoot the shit with. And, and clearly we have your support and that made it something that I could get through. And Chris Park's an amazing dude. He was a, it was a great interview, but. Oh, it was detail oriented. Good grief. Yeah, it was very. And he also likes to say, um, a lot, which got in my way in the way of my enjoyment. So I was like, Mm. all right, I need to fix this. And so I did, I did a lot of, um, editing and I think it came out pretty well. I'm out. So you did a lot of, um, outs. Yeah. I did a lot of, um, editing. I'm out. Yeah. It just, it took, I think that, editing process took over three hours Mm -hmm. and i have a quick shout out to battle mode who heard a few things that i'd missed after i sent it over to him and he i guess is somebody who has some editing experience and was able to edit it and send it back my way it sounds way better and i appreciate it and then also thank you to benji from discord who listened to it really early and gave me some feedback on how it should have sounded and I, i made some adjustments based on that so thanks to you guys you guys rule and thanks to everybody who continues to support us. You're why we do this. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. Yeah, it is. So thanks for listening, guys. This was Rob and Nate for Explominates. We'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. Bye.